1: In this episode, we consider issues related to absence and disability management, plus offer ways to better communicate wellness initiatives and benefits to employees. My guest this time is Sandra Graf, Manager, Disability Management Services at AGS Rehab Solutions. Sandra has been directly involved with disability management for the past 15 years, from which her vast educational pursuits led her towards human health and wellness, completing two bachelor's degrees in physical health and education and nutritional sciences from the University of Toronto and University of Western Ontario, respectively. Go (laughs) UWO. She has also (laughs) shared her knowledge by speaking at various conferences on managing accommodation in a unionized environment and measuring disability trends for effective preventative programs with focus on balancing management and employee needs for positive returns on investment. So with that, welcome, thanks for being here.
0: Great, thanks Roger. I'm excited to participate in, in the podcast today. <laughs> Great,
1: no, I'm excited about it. Let's dive right in, i got lots of questions for you. So what can be some of the effects of to a business when, when we get a number of employees off sick at the same time? Uh, how does that affect an organization? Great
0: question. Beyond the initial of panic, I'm sure, from those that run the organization, obviously the number one issue to them is productivity and, and sustaining their business. And uh, obviously they have customers as well. So there is a, a chain of, uh, of impact to these sorts of things. Um, we've all been in these sorts of situations. Working at an organization, there's a staff shortage. Um, often there could be illnesses or could be a flu bug going around vacation coverages during key times. And most recently the impact of COVID. If there happens to be an outbreak in your organization, um, especially if it's something to do with healthcare or those kind of areas where these uh, organizations have not been able to based on their, on the essential duties, been able to have their employees work from home consistently. So with all of these, uh, uh, change is happening, additional resources are needed. You know, you need more time, you need people, you need devices or, or situations, you need training time. So when small amounts of people are off for short durations, you know, colleagues can typically jump into support. You know, we all know that their workloads are, are full, but for small periods of time, um, the costs, um, what happens is when those costs are increased when those durations increase and the number of people go off increase, it becomes a point where you're not able to sustain productivity and there's an impact to the organization. So, when that happens, there really is a significant, uh, strong pivot needed to fill in those gaps. And that's when we start looking at other, um, you know, shutting down certain things, you're looking at um, hiring, uh, bringing in new people. Trying to fill those gaps the best you can, but it really can be problematic to an organization to suddenly lose one or more uh, employees for any kind of duration. Healthy habits begin in the workplace, and LifeOmic Precision Wellness is the corporate wellness program built for teams looking for a fun and scientifically proven way to build out daily strategies around improving physical and mental health and preventing chronic disease complete healthy habits, earn life points, top the leaderboard, and share your progress with coworkers, friends, and family along the way in an easy-to-use mobile app. Start your free trial of Precision Wellness today at precisionwellness.io.
1: Yeah, you can imagine the ripple effect of other employees knowing, concerned that someone is off. Uh, the, you know, unknowns of that, Um, so it has to be handled professionally and consistently doesn't it for uh, is it otherwise it could be seen as as a really bad story uh, to an employee so when in that scenario what can a manager do when those people are off um, and and away from the workplace
0: that is a great question Uh, the very first thing is do not panic. It's very easy as a manager, you know, you have your objectives that you need to hit and, and you know, you have to report to somebody and uh, it really is trying to be resilience and really keeping a strong face for your employees. There's nothing worse than seeing a manager starting to panic and lose it because of the department is, is struggling. So it really is important to, to have resiliency in, uh, in your management team to, you know, ensure that they're still providing a positive message to employees. But as we know, uh, the impact to the organization in talking about resources. And when we start looking at those absences and the coverage, coverage burnout is something that tends to happen. You know, you have those, you know, stellar employees who are always there to jump in and help out the best they can you know, they have a limit too. Uh, And when this continually happens, it really starts to impact the employee morale. Uh, Having a DM provider would have a better oversight of claim incidents and types of illnesses to really help um, focus on some of those preventative measures. And, and what you can do is, you know, as a as an organization, you're not seeing the reasons of what these absences are. You're just seeing numbers in the cost of, of to the business. Whereas a DM provider, because they are have the ability to collect um, data, uh, diagnostic information, strategies, you know, return to work plans, you could drill down to specific locations, departments for prevention strategies. Oftentimes, we can notice that okay, well, you know, in larger organizations, if you happen to see a lot of absences in a certain department, you know, they can go in and say, you know what, it it wouldn't hurt to have some manager uh, mental health training uh, to to really help support the employees in, in preventing the absence. And I think that's the key is really having your managers trained to handle and be resilient to changes in staff and attrition, et
1: cetera. Yeah, it's a key part to that success, isn't it? And I guess as managers, many of them have never seen training for this in the past. So it's a good place to start. Um, typically in the past, I guess the scenario might be that someone would get a note and the note would be quite vague. Um, how does a manager address uh, that note uh, and that absence in, in, or, and related to accommodation
0: Big question besides pulling their hair their hair out when they're alone mm-hmm. in their office and, and trying to keep that uh strong face of okay we can deal with this it's very frustrating to have extended absences when you have no understanding of what's happening oftentimes uh the vague you notes know, like off for three months um and, and, it, and it doesn't make sense when you are considering something from a disability perspective there's no way that somebody is 100 percent totally disabled one day And then suddenly 100% capable the next. Our human bodies do not work that way, whether it's psychological, whether it's physical or the combination of both. There is a healing period that happens. And so when you have a DM provider, we're able to assess and reassess what those recovering abilities are as the person is, is, is going through their treatment. And with those is constantly checking in and saying, hey, do you have opportunities to um, provide work for, for an employee who has who is recovering. And, and it's very, uh, it's well known and documented that the longer a person stays away from the workplace, the harder it is to get them back. So having that open dialogue uh, between manager and with an employee and having that overseen um, so that the employee confidential medical information stays confidential, where we're able to provide that data and the information back per claim to the employer. I know oftentimes situations do arise where uh, it can be very, the perceptions can be very uh, frustrated. These could be those that uh, there's rumors of the employee being discontent, uh, they're working other jobs, performance um, issues may have been risen, So there's, there's always that side of, of the coin that, uh, that we have to validate as well. And so by collecting the information from all those pairs, we can really go back to the healthcare practitioners and, and ask, you know, is this person capable of doing this job? Um, and, and really weeding out if there's workplace issues uh, uh, at play here. Are they capable of doing the job? if they were at a different employer, you get an answer coming back saying yes. It's like, okay, this is not a, a disability. That's something that's being managed. And and um, yes, there could be symptoms and things, but it's a workplace matter, uh, not, um, not a totally disabling uh, condition. This person is just frustrated with the employment contract that they have signed. So it really is um, zoning in and what we have the ability to do is drill down with uh, with our intakes, and we do it in a very compassionate way. So mm-hmm. we're opening up dialogue, you know, showing respect and dignity as we're asking these questions. You know, getting into personal medical can it, it's very personal, and and we're a stranger on the phone. So uh, ensuring that we you know approach those files with an open hand to say that we are here to support you, and understanding how the disability impacts their activities of daily living. Huge concept. We use a lot of motivational interview techniques where we go through, you know, how does it impact, how is it impacting your sleep? How is your diet? Are are those things changing? Are you still being social with family and friends? or Are you completely isolating? Are you even able to get out of bed? Um, Are you doing any exercise? So understanding how this disability really does impact um, their their lives, it, it gives us a better clue in understanding as to if this person can uh, resume back to any of their essential duties. So it's, uh, okay. it's a hard thing to manage, but uh, when you have the right questions and you have the right people digging in for you, it really can be a benefit.
1: So needless to say, the note is an old school approach. It doesn't really work any longer. I think you need a more detailed data driven Uh, supportive and much more consistent process. So that's very much on the other end of the spectrum of just accepting a note. So that makes a lot of sense. So how can leaders sort of improve um, the culture aspect in terms of lowering levels of absence? So if we wanna do that across the organization, what can they do in that regard?
0: Excellent question. I have certainly come through uh, across the years of uh, my experience where uh, employers are struggling, employees are unhappy, everyone's kind of catty towards each other, and no one's trusting of their of their comrades and their colleagues. It's really important that you have a structured health and benefits plan that is clearly communicated, and it's fair, and it's consistently um, managed across the board. So if everyone is being treated the same way, and, uh, you know, that's the start uh, of showing that something, um, you know, that's expectation for everyone. Um, Confidential uh, disability management program with return to work supports show that the employer is there to support. They're just not pushing back. I want you back to work. And, you know, it it really is turning uh, the tide on, on stamping files and, okay, you're clear to return to work. It's Drilling down and asking those questions. You know, if you were to return to work today, what, what would be the biggest thing that you want to avoid? Or what's the most favourite thing that, that you can't wait to get back to? So understanding what barriers may exist and, and having the employee never really think of these questions before. They are pondering themselves like, you know, what do I like or dislike about my job? It really opens up and, 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 and as an extension of the employer it, it opens up more dialogue with them as well. So we're, we're getting down into intrinsic feelings here. And it really does help build morale um, when an employee feels that they are being heard and that they are being supported. Um, when you're building suitable return to work plans, these are done with the employee's input in mind. You know, what do you think you can manage to start um, rather than just doing standard, you know, uh, four, four hour, six hour, eight hour, like it, it it's, it's time to start customizing these things to the needs of individuals. And that's what we're, that's what we're doing. I think another major thing would be ensuring that job demands are clear. What are the physical and psychological demands of each and every, of each and every job? So if it's clearly indicated what they're expected to do, um, it, it certainly would leads the employee to a, a more consistent productivity they now have policies and procedures in place to protect them yeah what should something happen or should uh, you know their their health take a take a, a hit in some way so it really is about forming an organization that's diverse and uh, and helpful for all
1: yeah the great Great comments. Um, there's so much that can be done in, in that regard. Uh, if it is addressing absence and return to work, it's still a, a major impact on culture as well. So great thoughts. Um, what about managing the employee who seems to be taking quite a bit of intermittent time off? What Any thoughts on what to do with that?
0: Those are tricky. It really is. It really is a, a situation where you know they don't quite qualify for being off on an absence, but you're consistently getting notes that this person needs to be off for a few days here or there, they're one of the most difficult uh, files to manage. And unfortunately it's typically due to some chronic conditions, whether it be autoimmune, whether it be psychological, a lot of things uh, are impacted by this. So um, having somebody again, go in and look What can the employer do to help manage symptoms, to help avoid those triggers of where the employee needs to go off uh, work on a period of time? Um, Does there need to be a change to workload? Does it need to be a change to workflow? Does it need to change to communication that the employee is receiving from colleagues or management? You know, there's so many more ways to explore the work relationship these days uh, to really help reduce these types of files. You know, we kind of call these uh, attendance management type of files. So um, it is difficult, but as a DM provider, we would be confirming diagnosis, you know, ensuring they are in active treatment. You know, if this is something they're trying to self-manage, well, then we can provide that information back to the organization. And if the person is not in any kind of active treatment, well then, you know, human resources can have that conversation. Like you need to be accountable for for your own condition. And you need to put yourself in the best light to be prepared for work. That is what your employment contract is all about. And uh, so we're able to confirm that. And we can see, you know, if, if suboptimal treatment is underway, it's uh, oftentimes we go to the doctor like, hey, are you going to be uh, considering a specialist anytime soon? You know, this person's been struggling on and off for years. So all these different ways that accommodations can help, flexible time, flexible duties, uh, location of work. The, the amount and inconsistency of social interaction. And uh, it really all comes down to working and finding out the details and working with the employer on managing those, those types of absences.
1: Okay, great. Sandra, if absence numbers have increased, we may have seen that with uh, the pandemic and maybe we're a bit concerned that that is rising. That's uh, certainly going to be an impact from a budget standpoint. But what are the other impacts that it would have on on an organization as this gets to become a bigger issue?
0: Absolutely. I think that's a a great thing to look at because absenteeism has skyrocketed, especially with COVID. We've seen it. Um, We've had several customers who blew through their budgets for absenteeism and uh, in sick leaves. Um, due to COVID. Uh, so, obviously, cost containment is a is a major concern moving forward and, and ways to uh, look at ways to uh, prevent these types of things. So, the effects of, of the resources, you know, when you start getting customer complaints, it's putting pressure on management, it's putting pressure back on employees, morale is, is, is low when the absenteeism is skyrocketed. So, Again, using a DM provider to be, is helpful with that cost containment. Um, uh, starting back uh, with the backbone in policies, making sure that the policies are, uh, are reviewed, created to be consistent in, in using um, a provider that will match the language in, in the culture that the organization uh, chooses. In creating in- incentives in absence management, you know, um, reduce salary for absences. You know, it doesn't always need to be 100%. You know, there could be ways to make changes to your benefits so that it is more of an incentive that, you know, if somebody's 50-50 or on the fence and not sure if they want to return to work that particular day, but they really could if they wanted to, you know, pay, a pay impact could be the deciding factor that, you know what, yeah, I can do it. I can get back into work. So um, those are other ways that you can help contain uh, each and every claim, verifying again, if they're totally disabled. You know, most people aren't 100 percent on a day. So, you know, when you when you get medical back and it says the person's, you know, 70% recovered, like, wow, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there's many days that all of us have been working in a 70-80% capacity. You've been up throughout the night or not feeling well or dealing with personal things. So uh having an understanding of where the person is functionally is 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 key on reducing those those uh, costs. And I think um, um, having safe and timely return to work plans that are sustainable, um, having and just Mm -hmm. throwing somebody back without looking at those intrinsic uh, items that I mentioned before, um, they're not fully sustainable. When we help with return to work planning, we want it to be long-term and the outcomes to be long-term. So Mm -hmm. overall, um, the effects of that is you're going to see premiums increasing, with, with uh, ongoing absenteeism. And the return on investment by using a DM provider is well-documented um, by reducing, um, taking a look at expected durations and able to uh, dig in and find out those recovering abilities to match with, a, uh, with an effective work-hardening program back to the workplace. So lots of ways to help contain those costs, but they are coming from all angles, essentially when uh, absenteeism is skyrocketing.
1: Yeah. Well, it certainly creates more urgency in this issue. Not as much of a a, you know, a down the list item. It's now getting to the top. I think we're certainly talking to our clients about it much, much more often. So thank you for that. So assuming we've managed maybe to get employees back into work safely, what about presenteeism? So about their sort of level of productivity, even when they're when they're at physically at the workplace.
0: Yes, that's a, that's a big factor these days. I think with you know each person, they're taxed so much in terms of uh, life. You know, we, we barely have time to sleep. People have multiple things going on in their lives. They could be parents. They could have, be taking care of grandparents. They could be dealing with ill folks or friends. Um, there's so many things that are taxing on our... So that, as I mentioned, we're not always 100% each and every day. But what about those days when we're not quite 100% or we're not even quite 50? You know, those days are like, I just need to go into work. I've already missed a few days, et cetera. So presenteeism is really being at the workplace, but not being functional. And, uh, and I guess it's almost a good way to, 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 to put it into ver- uh, verbs. It's almost like zoning out. You know, you're, you're at the workplace. You're not being productive. You're not answering calls. You're not... Uh, addressing um, your essential duties that, that come across your your laptop it's so how do mm-hmm. we prevent that from happening there's fair, there's big consequences of employees who are not engaged you know their behavior um, these things can become toxic other people could be like okay well so and so has been on their phone or on their cell phone for, for you know all morning you know how is that fair that I'm picking up extra duties you know these all of these situations, it's almost like wildfire in an office. It really is important that all that a, a team is giving it 100% uh, all the time. And those that can't, let's find out why. What's happening? Um, is there something that the uh, an employer can do? Uh, oftentimes, um, these, those people who are uh, practicing presenteeism in the workplace, sometimes it's not because they're doing it intentionally. It's sometimes it's because they're just not well. They're so stressed out that they can't manage to deal with focus, concentration, dealing with high level decisions, social interaction. These things do happen. And as we Mm -hmm. see the the rising costs on mental health um, um, issues in the workplace, they're both direct and indirect. And this would be an example of an indirect. Um, So oftentimes we do recommend to our employer groups to implement mental health training for managers. Or or doing a a work-wide mental health uh, um, presentation uh, to talk about, you know, hey, if you happen to see a colleague, you know, not looking themselves, do they look disheveled? Are they always arriving late now? Are they late with due dates now? You know, where this is not their typical work ethic or or, or how they typically work, these are things that you need to be mindful of. And if you're able to catch these things at this stage of presenteeism, a good chance you're going to avoid absenteeism uh, shortly thereafter. Because if they start building up and you approach it from an open-hand perspective saying, you know, what can we do to help you versus, okay, I'm going to write you up on a performance, um, you need to address it from a personnel uh, aspect first. So plenty of ways to get around that and recognize those things as, as they creep up.
1: Great, great ideas. I guess it's still that same adage of, that human factor of staying connected with employees on a personal level, right? Checking in on how they're doing. And certainly I can see employers maybe looking at not only investing in the safety net of getting people who are truly been diagnosed, getting them with the treatment and getting them back to work, but um, helping people thrive, actually thrive and be resilient to the point that you know, when they do struggle with the various issues you mentioned around their uh, around their life, they can uh, they can manage. You know, they they may bounce down and up, um, but they overall they can manage and and stay relatively productive and engaged, right? So, Absolutely. And using uh, yeah. your
0: resources, you know, referring to their EAP programs and and lots of free mm-hmm. resources online, and just like, hey, I know you're struggling. You're like, here's a few things to, to get you over that hump that that might yeah. be able to help, right?
1: Yeah, there's so much we can do. We just have to make sure people are aware of that. And that is a long-term objective, I think, for a lot of our clients to have that culture change, right? Where they they are aware of those resources and, and it's okay to reach out. So thank you so much, Sandra. That was really great. I think for many who haven't really looked at absence management or disability management in this way, I think they're realizing it's urgent. It's an important thing they have to get on top of. Um, so I think there'll be lots of other questions from clients about uh, how to dig deeper into this so um, how can people connect with you and learn more about uh, about AGS rehab solutions
0: absolutely uh, our webpage is uh, AGS uh rehab.com uh, um, my we can reach out via phone as well mm-hmm. um, 905-890-4389 or I'm sure my contact information could be displayed uh, in terms of, of questions or I'm always here for a for an initial consult if you have any questions or a situation that you'd like to be uh, uh, to like to be reviewed then uh, absolutely and here and available
1: Great. I'm sure people will reach out. So thank you so much again, Sandra, for making the time. I really enjoyed that conversation.
0: Great. Thanks, Roger, for having me. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette? And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.